Welcome back. Um, yeah, you're listening to the Jacko Media Podcast on Spotify for Podcasters, which is formerly known as Anchor, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music is the other main one. I never remember. I, well, at least I feel like I never remember. So, new music new kind of shindig and whatnot um call it how you see it i felt the other music that we had was a little bit boring so i decided to switch things up and now here we are uh, heading into the weekend before exam week in college figured i'd get i figured i'd do one instead of two or three before i get into exam week and then i get another episode released Hopefully by the end of the exam week. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, we got a lot to get through. Um, cut already a ton, but. At least I feel like I cut a ton. And. Yeah. Um, the playoffs are finally seeded. Um, all 16 teams have made it. We know who is making it and who isn't. I have a theory later on in the podcast to actually bring up and discuss. I also have a few more um, milestones from you probably know who, because this has been out for a while. Goals and assists might be updated, points might be updated, and yeah. Um, I know Pedersen hit 100 points, and that was not on my bingo card of who's going to hit 100 points this year. Because going into the season, nobody thought there would be six or seven hundred-point guys by game seventy, or like game seventy-five, at least I think. Um, yeah. And so, Calgary is one of the eliminated teams. Obviously, they were eliminated by the Nashville Predators, and. I can honestly say that if Daryl Sutter wasn't their coach, they might be in the playoff spot over the Jets. And I only say that because Daryl Sutter has made some questionable decisions the entire year. They've lost Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. I'm not saying he's the reason. I'm not saying he isn't the reason. But you have or you had incredible talent that you drafted and developed and you brought into the league and you helped them make a name and then you refused to cater to your players. I'm not saying build your franchise around the guys, but build your franchise around the guys. And yeah. So with Calgary's season on the line, they go into overtime and Daryl Sutter makes a few boneheaded decisions in there which honestly don't matter because the ones he made in the shootout are far worse than the ones he made in the uh, in the overtime. So the first two was Huberto. Huberto, yeah, Huberto scored. And I can't remember exactly who followed Huberto's footsteps in the shootout. But I know the third shooter was Nick Ritchie. 
for whatever reason, you put Nick Ritchie over Tyler Toffoli or Elias Lindholm. Lindholm didn't even go either, nor did Toffoli. Nashville would go to tie the game after Ritchie flubbed it. Ritchie also could have won the game if he scored. Cody Glass goes in, scores it, and then Ed, or not Edmonton, Nashville follows it up with a shootout win. It's a four-round shootout. Shootouts aren't very long, typically, but when they are, they are. When they aren't, they aren't. This is kind of how it goes, obviously. And this would cost Calgary their spot in the playoffs. And I look at it, and I, I, you got to think that there's going to be a coaching change coming in soon, like if at all. And I. I hope Calgary makes a decision on what they want to do here because they have to. Their, their hand is kind of forced. And if you go in to next year with the same coach and mostly the same roster after trading away Matthew Kachuk and losing Johnny Gaudreau in the same offseason, even though you signed Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberto, arguably great pickups for what you lost. Huberto has the miles on him. Kadri's coming up, uh, coming up in age and whatnot. And with the way that the league is going, you need your younger and faster guys to not guide you, but almost play in a way that they are contributing to the team when they become the veterans. And I'm not saying don't go and get the veterans, but Calgary went and didn't. They didn't fully think through their um, what they were doing. And now Florida's in the playoffs with Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau is in Columbus. And well, we all know how that's going. Anyways, uh, milestones. Got a bunch of them. I'm going to start it off with McDavid hits 150 points and Carlson hits 100. Both of them are milestones for the players individually because obviously McDavid had not gotten over 130 in a season or 140, and now he hits 150. And every single year, this guy continues to show the league why he's as good as he was when he was coming into the league. Like He was very highly touted, and Connor Bedard is one of the most highly touted players since Connor McDavid. And I honestly think with the way things are going is the Ovechkin or Crosby and Ovechkin rivalry will be Bedard and uh, not Bedard yeah Bedard uh, Bedard and McDavid pardon me eventually you're going to get another huge guy that comes into the league maybe it's Mitchkov and you have Bedard and Mitchkov against each other because with all due respect to Jack Eichel Jack Eichel is nowhere near the par or hasn't hit that par of what he was touted to be because that draft in 2015 was supposed to be two franchise altering guys. And we saw what Connor McDavid did for the Edmonton Oilers when he came into the league and he what, uh, what he continues to do for the Edmonton Oilers. And now you have this player over in Buffalo and Buffalo tanked hard for McDavid. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Um, Buffalo 
purposely made it known they were tanking. Well, not purposely. They they made it known they were tanking. Um, I'm sorry, quick sip of water. Buffalo did this great thing called, we're going to tank and then get arguably the guy that you don't want on your team. Jack Eichel is not the guy that you bring in on a bottom-feeding franchise to help propel that franchise into the future. Yes, Buffalo acted and tried to make it that way with, uh, what's nuts? Jack Eichel, I cannot remember names for the life of me sometimes. Today is one of those days. But Jack Eichel needs, uh, needed to be drafted by a struggling franchise that was in the pits, but was already, not already, um, they were going to need a retool very soon. Buffalo Sabres were bottom feeders, and they're finally back on their feet after forever, and I'm glad to see the Sabres are competitive. It's good for their fans. They have been out of playoff races forever. They barely missed the playoffs this year. They're going to be good, and you can see how the league is shifting in terms of dynamic and how just players go. So. I hope that the rivalries is less of McDavid Bedard and more Bedard Mitchkov or Bedard Fantilli, Bedard Carlson. Because if you've been following like I have, you would know that this is one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. Um, a lot of people said that the 2020 or the Alexi Lafreniere draft was going to be the deepest, and look how that has turned out so far. Tim Stutzla. Or Stutzle, however you want to pronounce his name. I've been ribbed on in the past for pronouncing it obviously wrong, but um, yeah, you got the third overall pick who is excelling. Finally, Nico Heischer, uh out of the Nolan Patrick draft, he's excelling. Well, Jack Hughes, he was. You know what, I'm going to actually pull up these drafts. The 2017 draft. Let's just talk drafts for a bit. 2017. Uh, oh, never mind. Heischer, McCarr, Patterson. Okay, this is a decent draft. Um, it's a very forgettable draft. Kale McCarr, if this was a redraft today, he would be first overall. But also, nobody knew what Kale McCarr was going to be. Um, 2018 was Rasmus Dalin. This was a very good draft, in my opinion. Looking back on it, I think everything was good for the time uh, when guys were grabbed and stuff like that. Oh. 2019, the Hughes draft. Yeah, uh, you got Hughes first overall. Byram, Kirby Doc. Capocaco. Yeah. This is one of those drafts where you look at it and you, you you're not sure what to think of it. Like I at least I don't know what to think of it. Anyways, uh, kind of back to how things are. Um Pasternak hit 60 goals. He's the second player on the year to hit 60 goals. And yeah, he's second to McDavid, and 
in my notes, I have McDavid down as 64. He could be 65 or higher, knowing him. But I don't think McDavid has played since I put that into my notes, so he could still be at 64. Um, Pasternak hitting 60 was not something I saw happening. I saw him hitting 50, but 60... Hey, that's my team. He's locked in for another eight years. Boston's looking good if they can re-sign the guys that they got at the deadline, and I'm hoping that they do. And speaking of the Bruins, they broke the single-season wins record and the points record. Currently, uh, they have 64 wins and 133 points, and as of recording, they are playing the Montreal Canadiens. I don't have score in front of me, I'm going to quickly get it, but if they beat the Canadians, they can set the record at 65 uh, wins and 135 points in a season, which is when I, when Tampa hit 62 wins in 18-19 and they got swept in the playoffs, it was one of those games where you look, or one of those seasons where you didn't expect it, but you knew it was special. So. Um, Boston is currently up 2-1 on the Canadians, and I hope that, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Boston wins something here, I, hopefully in the playoffs. As a Bruins fan, like, I want to see every, every team do good, like, fully. I don't have a favorite this year, because all of them are good. But if I had to pick, I would obviously choose my team, the Bruins. But I'm going to cheer for the family teams that uh, my family and I have. And, yeah. More Bruins before we get into some Leafs. Um, Linus Allmark became the fastest goalie to 40 wins in a season. He now holds a record of nine. 49 games played, and his record of 40 wins, 6 losses, and 1 overtime loss. You might say, hey, that's not 49. And that's because he's come in, finished the game for a goalie. Or Swayman, maybe another goalie, but I don't think he's come into the game for different guys. At least I don't, at least I don't have that noted. Um, Holtby did it the year they won the Cup in 52 games and Holtby started all 52 M might I remind everybody Holtby started all 52 games and the guy backing him up was actually a pretty stellar backup if I'm not mistaken I'm gonna fact check myself here because I don't want to get blown up on Twitter um, 2018-19 Washington Capitals perfect it's like basically right in my Recom not recommended, but yeah, yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix Copley. Uh, oh, it might be next year or the year before. Ao, I know he set a record somewhere. Okay. All right. It is seventeen eighteen when they won the Stanley Cup not 1890 because it was St. Louis over Boston did, 
What is this? Okay, I know Braden Holtby was in there. He had 52. But whatever. Um, anyways, just to not get myself a little sidetracked. Yeah, Allmark does arguably something that probably won't be seen again, but the top three are more recent in memory. I'm hoping that with the way things are going, that players can continue to set records, break records, and revolutionize how the record books will look. And truthfully, we're headed in a way where we're going to see more records get broken, hopefully. One that would, I would like to see is the goals record get broken a few times over. And I'm saying that because, yes, it'd be nice to see Ovechkin do it, break it, and get something that he's been looking for. It's also going to be nice to see if a guy can get close to him, or maybe even pass him. So, we're going to see where that goes. Hopefully, more goals get scored by more players. And, yeah, uh, Matthew Nyes made his Toronto Maple Leafs debut, long-awaited Leafs debut, might I add. Kyle Dubas is looking like a genius. I've watched this kid play twice and or multiple times, but I've seen him twice in a Leaf sweater now. He played against Florida. He he didn't put up any points. Got one shot off on goal that went wide. It wasn't counted as a shot on goal, but it still went in the direction of the net. It's shot in the vicinity of the goal, I guess. Um... He went into the Tampa game, and I was thinking, oh, Tampa's going to go after this kid. And give this guy credit where credit's due. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's showing the entire league why exactly he's more... Uh, what do I say here? He's, he's showing the league why he's highly touted for a second-round pick better yet. He is a high-value guy that Toronto got in a pretty decent spot. Is He goes into his second-ever NHL game, picks up his first point against the Tampa Bay Lightning on a assist on Ryan O'Reilly's goal, and the, it's a nice goal. It's a very nice goal. So Leafs have a good one. Um, I'm hoping that this trend can, uh, can continue. And, yeah. And... The Florida game, or no, the Montreal game it was. This was before that Nyes made his debut. I'm pretty sure Nyes has only played two games. If I'm being completely honest here. Uh, Cap Friendly, help me out, please. That's true. Come on. Where's Nyes? There we go. Okay. Yeah, he's got two games played. He's a plus one, two penalty minutes, one point. Decent stat line for the end of the season. He's probably going to get his third game tonight. I hope. He's very fun to watch. And, yeah. 
uh, the game before his NHL debut, which was against the Montreal Canadiens, in which the Toronto Maple Leafs blew the Montreal Canadiens out of the water. Uh, it was a 7-1 win. I think I already mentioned that, but here's the situation. is Toronto had to use a or sign a goalie to an amateur tryout contract, which means they can play him. He's not an emergency backup goaltender. It's not an amateur tryout. And yeah, Chris Weidman came out. He didn't like it that this kid gets his 70 seconds of fame to tell how uh, tell his future kids and his buddies that he's going to meet in college that he played 70 seconds in the NHL. He goes from playing for the University of Toronto to the Toronto Maple Leafs within a week. Pretty cool thing to probably say to a lot of your friends because I know if I had a buddy who said, Yeah, I played 75 seconds in the NHL, I would look at him and be like, Awesome, I know an NHL player or a guy who played in the NHL. And Chris Weidman basically came out and said how it's disrespectful and that they'll get what they deserve in two weeks. And I'm just gonna take a quick sip of water yet again and yeah. Okay, for the uh, Chris Weidman comments, here's a guy on a team who allowed this entire thing to happen. The Montreal Canadiens arguably are one of the worst teams this year with a lot of talent. Uh, Cole Caulfield, Yurov Slavkovsky, uh, Weidman, yeah, I don't know much about that guy probably not very well he's talented to make the NHL but obviously not a big name if I never heard of him before uh, you got Nick Suzuki Kirby Doc Mark Savard Mike Hoffman Carey Price Jake Allen Sam Montable you got a lot of good guys and your coach Stanley Cup champion Marty St. Louis big name uh, Weidman basically came out and said they'll get what they deserve in a few weeks it's cheeky. It's not necessary. I honestly think, like, you gotta look at yourself and say, look, maybe that was on us. And it is up to the discretion of the other team. Because I guarantee you, if Montreal's up 7 1 on any team in the league, any other 31 teams in the league that they were playing, they're up 7 1. They got another guy on the bench who's an amateur tryout goalie or he's on an amateur amateur tryout they would probably look at this guy and probably come over like the Matt Berlin situation where the Edmonton Oilers put him in the uh, put it in or put Matt Berlin in for the last two minutes and 20 seconds and the only reason I'm kind of bringing this up is because Edmonton never got flack for when this happened to them where they put their guy in net. And then there was a reporter, a Montreal reporter, might I add here, who came out and said how he's he brought up how it's a disgrace to the game and all this stuff when mm, not a lot of people have uh, heard any of it. And frankly, you're going to see a lot of these reporters get a little bit more bold when it comes to this stuff. And frankly, it's sickening. Yeah, uh, Montreal is in a spot where they can get the first overall pick and be a disgustingly good team. But 
considering they got it last year. I don't know if the NHL has implemented their new rules and all that, but yeah. Um, Edmonton, they are an NHL best. 16 wins, two losses, and one overtime loss since acquiring Matthias Ekholm. And it's scary, but this is a team that I'm looking at and I'm saying, hey, they might steamroll the West here. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, they got to deal with LA. Well, frankly, they're in a position where they haven't been losing a whole lot. They have an incredible power play. They also are in a position where, guess what? They can steamroll the teams because they they just can now. Last year, they made it to the conference finals and got swept. And I frankly think they might go that far again. But, you know, you got a little more solid goaltending because Mike Smith is... he's a, He was good, but he's not Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell level of good. And I'm not saying Jack Campbell's a great goaltender. But they signed him to a contract because they saw something in him. And then you lose Duncan Keith, and then you trade Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, a first and a fourth, I think it was, for Matias Ekholm. And hey, it was a, a wonderful trade. And like, Nashville's, that's a team that surprised me for what they did um, after trading Janot, Ekholm, losing a bunch of guys on waivers, trading Niederreiter, a couple of other middle six to top six guys. It's it's nuts what the, how close Nashville came to still making the playoffs without a lot of their big pieces still there. And icing half an NHL or half a an AHL roster. And Ekholm has been a huge adjust adi- whoa. Ekholm has been a huge addition for the Oilers. And the Oilers have molded Matthias Ekholm in quite well. Because they run a 1-3-1, I believe, when they're on the power play. And Carlson, Chikrin, or uh, Ekholm, you got to look at it and say, okay, this is probably the best addition that they could have made. Chikrin has been great for Ottawa, no doubt. Matthias Ekholm has... He is hellacious for other teams. And Edmonton getting into the playoffs, they added a guy who's got that experience, and he's not too shy of things. They might ride that horse right into the cup finals. And I was saying this over supper today, if the teams in the East don't beat the hell out of each other, then it's going to be a little bit more even in the finals, but it's a brawl for all over in the East, and in the West, it's a breeze for probably two or three teams. And speaking of the West, the Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to give a quick recap of this game, because I got some opinions on this game, because the refs got their head up their asses, and... Oh, man. Um, Winnipeg clinched somehow. Winnipeg got the second wildcard spot. 
and uh, I look at it and I say, okay, I put out that rant not too long ago, and I was just like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs from how they're playing right now. Frankly, I was worried, and I get a text from a buddy, hey, you want to go see Winnipeg play Nashville uh, this Saturday? I'm thinking, right on. So here we go. We're going to watch Winnipeg in Nashville. And I watched that team play. That was watching... That was like watching how Winnipeg played at the start of the season. And... I... I have a lot of more confidence in this team heading into the playoffs. Knowing that they clinched. And that they're playing as a team and not gingerly taking liberties and not shooting most of the time and I say that because I'm sitting behind a guy at this game who's yelling shoot at, for good reason too the guy would shifley would not shoot half of the time which is excruciating to watch but going and watching the Minnesota game I watched the third period or part of the third period I should say I don't get to watch a lot of hockey nowadays anyways this whole game was a bloodbath for some reason. There was a lot, a lot of penalties missed, a lot of penalties called, and you got Hartman who cheap shotted Nikolai Ehlers, who has been hurt time after time this season with sports hernia, concussion. He doesn't have a concussion right now, but he's hurt right now. He's day to day, and he's in my Yahoo pool. Which sucks for me because I'm the dumbass who took him. It feels like Hartman got one game, and Ehlers didn't come back. At least I don't think Hartman got a two-minute penalty for the hit on Ehlers, and then Neil Pionk cross-checks Marcus Johansson. I believe it was. He caught him a little bit in. Uh, the lung area, like just under the pectoral. Yes, it looked a little bit harder than it should have been. But when you're gearing up for the playoffs, that is not a five-minute major. But to clean, uh, clear up the game, or to end the game, the last minute or so, hey, or last two minutes, hey, let's give this team a five-minute major with less than two minutes on the clock, and it's a five-minute overtime. So, you get a bit of rough stuff in front of the goalie. And Dylan, uh, uh, wow. Brendan Dylan and Ryan Hartman are slashing at each other. So, Brendan, Brendan Dylan basically said, you know what? Threw his gloves off and started punching Hartman. They get offsetting, uh, offsetting slashing penalties. Rest didn't even care to call it a fight for some reason. And it was like, all right. Dean Evason, the wild head coach, was looking on the bench all pissed off for some reason that they're losing. They're already in a playoff spot. And all they're doing is just... They're basically fighting for a better position in the playoffs. And it's competitive. It's sports. I understand that. The last time I said something remotely like, oh... Why do you care if it's a playoff or if you're in a playoff spot and whatnot? But 
You can get lit up for these things. Anyways, he looks at Reeves, kind of tapped him. Reeves jumped over, Kaprizov came off with like 40 some seconds left in the penalty or in the period. You're down 3 1. You have. Uh, you have a 6 on 4. You decide for whatever reason to send your tough guy out to cause problems. Lowry and Reeves fought, but before that, is you can see uh, Rick Bonus. Like, he, he was livid. He was screaming for his guys, like, hey, somebody's gotta take care of this. Adam Lowry, who's captain material for the Jets, in my opinion, stood up to Reeves the second time in his career and gave Reeves a run for his money. I would honestly give the upper hand to Reeves, or I would give the upper hand to Lowry on that one. Uh, Lowry took a beating in the first little bit and then got a few punches off and gave Reeves. He basically told Reeves why Reeves wasn't going to have that win. And he clocked him on the helmet and dropped Reeves. So, in my opinion, Lowry won the fight. Uh, Marcus Felino got a misconduct for tripping at bonus with Jets coach. And he refused to get off the ice. It was originally going to be two minutes or something from what somebody was tweeting out. And then he got tossed. And with all the other shenanigans, I already mentioned that Hartman got one game for the uh, for the hit on Ehlers. Pionk got a max fine $5,000 for cross-checking uh, Johansson. And the Jets won 3-1 to in regulation to secure the final wildcard spot. They only needed one win or one point to get them into that position, and yeah. Anyways, kind of moving on from that, you have Jonathan Taves tonight playing his final game for the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's stirring up quite the controversy. I don't know why my microphone decided to cut out there, but or my recording, I guess. But some people would say rightfully so, and other people would just go out on a limb and just say, hey, he's probably in fear of losing his position as captain and all this other stuff. So you can see both sides of the situation, but uh, former teammate Patrick Kane basically came out and said, like, hey, he's a legend, I love playing with him, stuff like that. And just moving on from that, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, it was announced today that Gabriel Landeskog will not return for the playoffs. He had some sort of knee surgery. I believe it was a reconstructive knee surgery. Could be wrong. And, yeah. Speaking of uh, the Leafs again, the Toronto Maple Leafs used an amateur tryout goaltender for the fourth consecutive game, and... The game where Nyes made his debut and the day they signed him, they tried to use an emergency recall. So the cap situa- uh, situation they created was on them. And this was all cleared up from capologists, I believe they call them. And everybody was complaining because Boston got to use uh, five emergency, emergency call-ups. And 
yeah, people are just up in arms about stuff. And, oh, playoffs. Today is was supposed to be the last official day of the regular season, but there are two games tomorrow, both of which I don't think really mean anything for this season, depending on how teams play tonight. Uh, yeah, so technically tomorrow is the last official day with regular season games. Matchups are not completely finalized until tonight, basically. If you follow me on Twitter, Jacko Media. Yeah, if you follow me there, you can also follow me on Instagram. I'll throw my links down below. And yeah, pretty much. Uh, matchups are not finalized. If you follow me on social media, you can see my bracket or my bracket predictions when it um, all releases. And yeah, uh, it's been a wild ride for the season. I know I only started this in February. This is kind of started out as a hobby. And yeah. So the final thing I want to talk about is the draft lottery being a possible possible scheme. And I already said a, to a few people today and why I think so. Talked to my dad over the phone about this. Shout out to Pops. And yeah, so I want to reference the New York Rangers first before I reference the Penguins. And that's because the Rangers were kind of suffering in mediocrity forever. Um, they had name guys. Like, they had a pretty competitive team for a number of years. It's not like they were a rebuilding team. Like, I understand the dynamic of uh, having good players and then just being a team to barely make the playoffs and all that stuff. You're going to be good some days, you're going to be bad some days, but you have it to where you get 7th, 9th, 5th, like a bunch of high, decently high picks. And then in 2019, you get the second overall pick. You moved from the 6th overall position to 2nd overall. And hey, good for you, but I look at it and I'm just like, really okay you draft Capo Caco he's been a decent third liner for you um, he hasn't stood out tremendously 39 points in 81 games this year career high he's three points shy of 100 career points so he's he's starting to get to where you might think he will end up but with some of the players in this draft, like Cole Caulfield, Spencer Knight, Matthew Boldy, Trevor Zegras, Bowen Byram, Kirby Doc, Mort Sider, Dylan Cousins, uh, Vili Hanala was way off the board. Uh, yeah, Shane Pinto, Nils Hog Hoglander. Like, there's been a lot of good guys coming out of this draft so far, so. got to kind of got to look at it as a team and go, okay, like, what are we doing here? And so I thought the Rangers were going to be highly competitive, and then 2020 happens, COVID strikes the world, and then draft lottery is a completely different thing. And now here we are in 2020 where 
Rangers are seated in the 10th position, where the Jets ended up drafting Cole Perfetti. They move from 10th to 1st overall. Where And that year, the LA Kings moved from 4th to 2nd, and Ottawa remained with the 3rd overall pick. Detroit, who should have had the 1st overall pick, moved to 4th. Ottawa again drafted 5th. And it's making me wonder, because I look at uh, this year, the three teams likely to get a lottery pick are the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Chicago Blackhawks. And I don't think Anaheim and Chicago are going to be in the top three, because I think Washington is going to jump from 8th to second or first and Pittsburgh is probably going to jump from 14th to first or second and frankly I frankly I don't know fully what to think about it I can also see Arizona getting handed another pick pretty much um Yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to be a big scheme this year. I don't see anything fully going the way that teams would like it to. And, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to end it there because I'm kind of losing my thought. Got some homework to do because of college. And, yeah, so... I just want to thank the Jansen boys for letting me use their song One for the Road. You can listen You can listen to it on Spotify. You can find them on Spotify, YouTube. They have a website, all of which you can find in the description. And, yeah, so thank you for listening. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JackoMedia, on Instagram, same handle. And... Yeah, like I said, thank you for listening. Here's one for the road. All the stories that I heard, all the stories that they told, we live by the luck that we roll. We will live by your word and we will die in the mold. While the crack in the sky makes us old. The life that I left is far.